What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we're going to talk all about the John Gruden Raiders situation. So that happened last week, but we're going to talk about the fallout of that and our reaction to that whole story. We're going to talk about the lockboard, which a uh, much better week than the past couple weeks have been for the lockboard in general and had some pretty high scores with some people today. Uh, and then after that, NBA season is coming back in the swing. So we're going to give our NBA predictions for Western Conference, Eastern Conference finals, as well as the finals and MVP. So those are the three topics on Doc for today. And man, can I just say, Duval. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry if I blew anybody's ears off out there. <laughs> But Aaron, oh, we just lost man. like we we just lost a bunch of viewers after that. <laughs> oh man! Well, right, now I, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. <laughs> well, this is the thing, man. You know, when you're a fan of a team that lost 20 games in a row and finally won, like you can't help but feel some excitement. I wasn't going to do a Duval, but I was like close to that level of excitement. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Eric, your ranting co-host, by the way. Uh, Obviously, no rants from me this episode since the Jags managed to finally get it done. I'm so glad we're not going to break that record. Like, thank you, Jesus. Uh, so, had a great day today watching football, hanging out with Zach and our friend Alan, and playing Fall Guys with Connor. Like, been an awesome day. Now we're wrapping it up with the podcast here. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode, man. And what's going on, guys? Connor, the co-host with the most. And, uh, you know, I, I can't have any reactions to my team yet because they haven't played yet. So um, uh, I guess we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they get the win. I mean, I will say, though, in reference to Eric and his new slide, I might be getting on the um, Chick-fil-A train because every time the Hurricanes went at home this year, you get a free chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. So, Ooh. you know, I'm uh, I'm getting on the Chick-fil-A train this year. <laughs> Susan, we're moving to North Carolina and getting Hurricanes tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and what's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, had a pretty tough weekend with uh, between the Gators and uh, the Pats game that just wrapped up. Uh, not a great uh, weekend for my teams, but um, a lot of good stuff to talk about, though. So looking forward to that, at least. Yeah, Nate, man, I'm, I was almost right there with you. If Miami had won that game... USF had led the entire game, lost by one point. You know, I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan. We know the fiasco of that game. So I was fully prepared to have the similar weekend as you with the UF, UCF, and New England losses. Oh, man. It's sports. It's, uh... <laughs> well, that's why I was like, I'm hoping that uh, this, I'm, I was like, I'm going to be in a similar pit if the Steelers lose. Because, like, I know the UNC won, but Appalachian State, like, they got blown out on Tuesday. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world happened here? Like, yeah, I, did, I didn't yeah. expect that. When, wins in football for Eric and I have been few and far between the past couple of years. So I've, I've forgotten how it feels like to win. And it's uh, pretty good. Pretty good, I must say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Anyways, we're going to talk about a change, total change of subject here uh, from the excitement of the Jaguars to just what happened in the NFL with the Raiders and John Gruden. This, you know, basically we knew about one racist email, I think, that he sent prior to last week's game against the Bears. 
And then after, and then he still coached in that game, which, you know, a lot of people were like kind of questioning, like, Hey, like he's still, why is he still the coach for this game? Like he's not being suspended for anything. He's not, you know, it, it was just felt really weird. Like the, the locker room must've been weird, you know? And then, um, and then later in the week, all the other emails come out, I guess, you know, I, I haven't actually read really the emails. I don't know if they published them and exactly said what's in them specifically, but the titles for them are all racist, uh, sexist, homophobic, like just all these bad things going on in, in these emails. Um, and I honestly, I can't say I'm that surprised by it to be like, if, if this was going to happen to anybody, John Gruden was pretty high on my list of guesses on who it might be. Just, you know, I, he just seems like he's could be that kind of guy. Um, so what's, what's happened since then, obviously he resigned, you know, but they call it resigned, but if he didn't resign, you know, he would have had to been let go anyways. So he's left the team and, you know, they've they're going on to an interim and there's so many questions right now between this it's totally screwed up their season. I mean, we were talking about how good this team looked the first couple of weeks. They upset Baltimore in week one at home. You know, they they had a good record. They they had some good momentum going. And then they had a couple losses. They lost to the Bears in that that game that he coached in. Uh, they they won this week against the Broncos, their division rival. So maybe things are going back up for them, but just really, really crazy circumstances. And I guess I want to start with Nate first on this. Um, Nate, I'll just ask you what your reaction to this whole story was, what uh, what you thought of it and what you think is going to be next for the Raiders. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Definitely a crazy story. I saw that headline last week. Like he said, I'm not um, super surprised that, you know, out of all the coaches, it was John Gruden. Uh, the one thing I will say about the whole situation, um, I haven't read, obviously, um, I haven't read exactly like, all of the emails. And I know it was like the Washington um, executives were, it was like, I think from his time in Washington, a lot of those guys were like implicated. It was like a different investigation, but. I won't be surprised if, you know, you told me that half the NFL, you know, coaches and executives kind of were acting the same way that Gruden was as far as like the content of the emails and all that stuff. Um, but I am surprised that he put it in a company work like email. I don't know how um, people like that think they can, you know, are safe, <laughs> like safe to say things like that on an email that can be you know, trace back pretty easily. So that, that was surprising to me whenever um, something like that happens with a high profile um, person like that. But um, going forward, I'm honestly, it's an interesting spot um, for the Raiders because I'm not saying they're going to be better off immediately without him. Like he wasn't a bad coach, but also um, when he came back a few years ago to coach in the NFL, I was a little bit surprised by the move. I, I mean, I don't, think he really has that much, you know, uh, sort of like innovation or anything really to add, I guess. Like he's a, definitely a solid coach. He knows what he's doing. He's been around for a long time. But I don't think it will be that difficult. I might be totally wrong, but I don't think it would be that difficult for the Raiders to get a replacement. Uh, I see 
some of your suggestions down there on the bottom of the corner of the slide. I don't know if we're going to get into that more later in the episode, but there's definitely a lot of, I think, young uh, up-and-coming coaches that cu- that could come in and take this roster with Derek Carr and um, Josh Jacobs and some of these, like, you know, they do have a lot of talent there. I think um, with the young, innovative head coach, they could definitely um, challenge for the division year in and year out. So uh, I'm not surprised they came back. I'm not surprised they won uh, today. I, I didn't really expect that to blow up the team or anything. Um, just kind of like a crazy uh, situation to have happen right in the middle of a season like that. Yeah, Eric, um, I'll ask you this too. I'll ask you a few things. Like, one, do you think, uh, do you do you agree with their move? The Bucking, uh, I should say, do you agree with the Buccaneers' move to remove him from the Ring of Honor? And then also, um, do you think not just for this season, but long term, uh, are the Raiders going to go up or down after after this Gruden firing? Um, yeah, I. I do agree that Tampa should have taken him out of the ring of honor. I mean, when this whole thing first came out, I heard about, you know, the one email back from like 2011 and I heard what he said in it and it wasn't good, but at the same time, I didn't think like people were freaking out and like, so how come he's not suspended or how come he's not fired? And, you know, and to me, like you shouldn't be fired from like one thing from 10 years ago like that but then when you know all this other stuff came out and it was a repeated offense like he you know just said so many different things and it was a repeated pattern like I guess when it first happened when in 2011 was during the lockout and um, he was frustrated with uh, like why the lockout was still happening and so that's I felt like more so that's why he said what he said uh, about the particular individual i i didn't necessarily think it was just like strictly that he was being racist and attacking him i thought it was more so he was just insulting him because he was frustrated with him for not helping speed up the process of ending the lockout but then when you know all these other things came out and all these like sexist things he said and racist things he said and homophobic things he said that's why i was like okay man like this is obviously a pattern, you know, this isn't just like one instance where you were frustrated. This is something you do on a repeated basis. And so I, I understand why uh, Tampa chose to do it, even though he, you know, had a lot of success with them. I can understand why they did it. And um, I mean, as for going forward, it's hard to tell. I mean, I agree with Nate that I think, you know, in the later seasons, you know, especially depending on who they're able to get a coach, you know, in the future. I definitely think they have potential to be, you know, a good team over the next few years. But as for this current season, uh, I just don't know. I mean, they did get the win today over Denver, but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up. I mean, obviously they had that horrible loss against Chicago and Gruden's last game. There was obviously the big distraction and everything. And I kind of thought, I thought Denver was going to win just because I thought the distraction would still be an issue but um but they they did get the win but um overall i just don't know if i see them having a ton of success going forward they're still in a or for this season they're still in a pretty hard division they've got a they've got a lot going against them but definitely a crazy scenario definitely gets the distraction off of urban meyer too you know (laughs) oh for sure that you know that 
right after the Urban Meyer thing had 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 its you know height of you know discussion, this comes out. So, um, Connor, I, I just want to go to you. I know I'm, I'm like putting everybody on the spot with these questions, but um, <laughs> but for you, uh, where do you think like where do you where would you rank this as in like you know recent NFL history like scandals and stuff because um do you think there's going to be any change out of this is this do you think gonna like open up eyes to people and be like all right you know like is this going to be a trend where like we see you think we see you know Gruden's not the only one that's gonna you know receive some discipline from this and you think others might be involved or is this just gonna do you think that this John Gruden thing is going to be totally isolated and just, you know, in a few weeks it'll be old, old news. What do you think? Well, I definitely think it's going to open <clears throat> up some eyes in the NFL because, I mean, you know, they were already adopting the whole, like, you know, um, they're still allowing players to wear messages on the back of their helmet. Like, you know, especially during, you know, the pandemic, they were really doing all this advocating for social justice. And during the election last year, like, you know, they were already starting to get on this platform. So, I think it'll really make them, you know, really, I don't know, look more into some of the other things that some of the coaches are doing. I'm not saying that other coaches are doing it, but, you know, because, you know, in my personal opinion, I've always thought like, you know, because, you know, you guys were saying that you uh, weren't surprised about it. I guess I was a little surprised about it just because, I mean, you know, in my opinion, it'd be kind of hard to be a coach in the NFL and be racist, considering that, like, you know, 70 percent of your players are African-American. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe some people are like deep down, but um, it's just like, you know, it's just something that you don't do. It's kind of like when they were saying how um, like with the Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett incident where like, you know, Miles Garrett claimed he called him the N word and calling Mason Rudolph racist. I'm like, you do realize like his entire offensive line is like African-American. So like, do you really think they'd be coming to his support and, you know, supporting him if he wasn't, if he was racist? Because I mean, that stuff comes out like they wouldn't have it wouldn't have just then come out. So, um, but yeah, I think it'll make them look more closely at some of these coaches and it'll be more in the spotlight. I don't think it's just going to go away, especially given how high profile of a coach he was. I mean, if this was like, you know, like who I can't remember his name, but like the new head coach of the Texans or like, you know, the new head coach of, um, there's another team I'm forgetting that like got into the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, right? Like some of these coaches that no one's heard about. Right. Um, you know, oh, someone's on the field in the Steelers game. But um, uh, if someone, you know, it's not one of these head coaches that no one knows. Like John Gruden's a big name in the NFL, and for it to happen to him, it's everyone's like, whoa, okay. Like no one's immune to this. So, and I mean, and back to you know, I think also touching on Nate's point about like you know why would he put this in um, like a work sort of email? In my opinion, I think it's because you know. At that time, he wasn't coaching in the NFL anymore, and I don't think he ever expected to come back to the NFL. Like, I think the Raiders just made him, like, the ultimate deal to come back, and he was never thinking about coming back and coaching, so he probably just didn't worry about it. He thought, you know, oh, I can do this, and it's never going to come back to me. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm all I'm doing is commentating. Like, this is never going to come up. Like, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, because, yeah, if he was still a coach in the NFL or if he was still like if he had just been fired like one year prior and was looking for a job, I don't think he would have been necessarily that. Um, I don't know what the like negligent or, you know, like he wouldn't have made that sort of mistake. So um, it's very interesting. And like I said, for the future of the Raiders, 
you know, who knows where they're going to go. I, I think it really hurts their chances. I know they're still technically, I think they're still in second place in the division, but um, I mean, the Chargers are better than them. And I see the Chiefs getting back over them at some point. Like it's going to be tough for them to continue on without him just because losing your coach midseason is just now you have to start over, basically. I mean, there's still a little bit of what's in place there, but it's starting over. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting shakeup. And also, uh, last thing to, I know this has been a very somber subject, lighten the mood. I <laughs> saw so, um, Allison Schmidt, a very well-known U.S. Olympic swimmer from Baltimore, Maryland, was waving a terrible towel at the start of this game. So... I don't know what all her friends what? in Baltimore think about that, but uh... <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's always there, there's always that one person though from like Chicago, like born in Chicago, and they're like somehow a Packers fan. Like you know what? <laughs> Looking at you, Kyle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I think we I think we discussed the Raiders situation, hit a bunch of different angles, but yeah, definitely, definitely big, big news in the NFL, and something that you know we felt like we had to talk about on this episode once we knew the full scope of it. Um, so moving on now, we're gonna go ahead and look forward at next week's game schedule and do as we always do and pick out three games that we think are important for one reason or another usually with good teams involved um so we have three games that we're going to give predictions on i will go ahead and start with the first one kansas city kansas city chiefs at the tennessee titans a rematch from a couple years ago afc championship game uh this game is going to be in tennessee and the chiefs have been really underwhelming this year i mean their record you know i think is like around 500 and they just haven't looked the same as they have early in the season. Like you would have expected a team like the Chiefs, you know, other than their offensive line, you know, a lot of continuity with them. Same coach, same quarterback, same weapons, you know, a lot of the same defense. A lot of things stayed the same with Kansas City. And they've, you know, had two, two or three really good years now. And this year it's, you know, surprising to say that, that they're, you know, more looking average. Uh, and then you have the Titans on the other side. We still don't know uh, how their result Monday night's going to go. So, you know, things could totally change. You know, if the Titans have a shocking upset win against the Bills, maybe that, you know, makes them more likely to win this game. But head-to-head, Chiefs and Titans, I mean, the Chiefs, they're just, the old, they're just way more talented. I mean, I, you know, I could... I could see Derrick Henry just completely taking over this game because the Chiefs defense is bad. But I I just still think, you know, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, like I, I'm I'm just gonna pick them to win it. Um I think they're gonna I think Tennessee's defense, that's the problem, is like if Tennessee had a better defense, I would say maybe they'd have a shot, but the fact that their defense has, you know, been really bad at the start of the season, no, no improvement from last year with this defense. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and to give a score prediction like Eric always does. And now, now I'm you know going to be adopting yeah. that. Eric, <laughs> I will created say, a trend now. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I, I will say, Chiefs run up the score: 38 Titans, 24, 38, 24. 
Chiefs. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs also. Uh, it seems like in more of the games where the Chiefs have struggled and everything like that, it's been against teams with better defenses. But Tennessee's defense has not been good this year. And, I mean, obviously neither of these teams' defenses have been good. But I just think Kansas City's offense outweighs Tennessee's offense in this. And uh, I'm going to go with a shootout. I'm going to go with a similar score. But instead of 38-24 like Zach did, I'm going to go 38-34. I think it'll be close and high scoring. But I just think the Chiefs are going to be a little bit too much. All right. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. Um, Like Eric said, it's just the Chiefs or the Titans defense to me is just too bad. Like I know. And I think really to Eric's point about the defenses they've struggled with, it's maybe not so much teams that have had better defenses, but teams that have really good pass rushes. Like even today, I mean, in the end, they ended up winning like 31 to 13, but they struggled with the Washington football team early on. Like Chase Young and Montez Sweat were getting to Patrick Mahomes. Like they were getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, And so I think that's more so the teams, because, you know, the rest of Washington's events is supposed to be good, but they haven't been really that good this year. So, um, and the Titans, I mean, you know, they tried to upgrade that pass rush in the offseason, but I mean, Bud Dupree's been a disappointment, just like how I expected him to be, you know, thank you, Tennessee, for overpaying on him, because, you know, I know the Steelers probably would have tried to do that if uh, they didn't do it first. So, um, but yeah, I the Chiefs offense, like you guys said, I mean, even like Daryl Williams today, I mean, is that his first name? They've had so many D Williamses in their history at running back, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Daryl. Yeah, like, I mean, he even looked really good today in place of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, um, yeah, I definitely would have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I would say probably, you know, like Eric, another shootout, I'd probably say like 42 to 35 touchdown win. All right, Nate, give us your thoughts on the game and your prediction. Are you going to be the only one taking the Titans? (laughs) um i'm not i think um even though they haven't looked quite like uh the super dominant chiefs we've seen the past couple seasons i do think that they're a better uh roster overall than the titans right now um and so i've got to go with them this week or you know this coming coming up week um i just think there's still too much firepower there and the titans have really yet to show me that they're much more than uh derrick henry carrying them uh, so far this season. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the Chiefs uh, 35 Titans 21. I don't, I don't see them uh, keeping pace with the Chiefs this week. All right, there you have it, guys. That's our preview for the Chiefs and Titans. And Connor, go ahead and let us know about this next matchup we have starred. Yeah, so who would have thought at the beginning of the season that this would be, you know, more of a big-time AFC North matchup? We have the Bengals traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Um, The Ravens, you know, they're looking like the class of the AFC North this year. The Browns have been having some injury problems. Um, Like, I know Nick Chubb was hurt today. Kareem Hunt went down with a pretty devastating injury, it looked like. Um, You know, and Baker Mayfield just hasn't looked as good as I think some people thought he was going to. Um, But the Ravens, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's starting to try and put together another MVP season. You know, the Ravens, they did lose their streak of uh, games in a row with 100 yards rushing last week. Um, so 
They didn't take the Steelers record away. They only tied it. So haha, Baltimore. Um, but they, I mean, they still have a, it's they, I think who was it? I was watching the game um, a little bit. I can't remember who was commenting, but like Baltimore, they said like Baltimore knows who they are. Like they're going to run the ball. They're going to keep, they're going to stick to it no matter who's back there. I mean, like Devonte Freeman, Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray all had touchdowns in that game. Um, you know, I think Lamar Jackson only threw for like 170 yards. So, um, so if they can get that, get that going, then they're pretty much unstoppable. But the Bengals, they've been very surprising this year. Um, you know, they threw a whooping on the lions this week. I know that's not super impressive considering it's the lions, but Joe Burrow has looked solid. He looks exactly like he did when he was on pace for offensive rookie of the year last year. You know, Joe Mixon's had a better season um, and really just that Joe Burrow has started to really develop chemistry with Jamar Chase and they're looking very deadly. Um, So, and I think probably the biggest underrated thing about the Bengals, um, they kind of remind me of the Cowboys in this sense where like their defense has gotten a lot better. Um, You know, it may still not be one of like, you know, on the level of some teams like, you know, Tampa Bay or uh, the Rams or, well, I shouldn't say the Rams because they've been pretty bad this year too. Like the Panthers or someone like that, you know, or Buffalo, they're not on that level yet, but they're kind of, you know, getting there. So I think it'll be a close game, but I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt being at home. I do think the Bengals could probably steal the game later in the season when the Bengals are at home. Um, But with the Ravens at home, I'm going to have to say Ravens win it probably 28 to 24. Uh, Zach, what about, or Eric, what about you? Yeah. uh, If, if the Ravens hadn't just destroyed the Chargers, I think I would have picked the Bengals. But, like, the Ravens have had a lot of close calls this season in some of their wins, but they looked pretty dominant today. And even though Cincinnati's been doing really good, I I just have trouble picking against Baltimore here. I I do agree with Connor, though, that I do think it's going to be close. And in my opinion, out of all the NFL games going on next week, uh, this game has the most appeal to watch. Uh, if it's on my you know, local TV here, I'm definitely going to watch it. So definitely excited about this game. But given the edge of the Ravens, uh, I was actually thinking a very similar score to Connor. I'll change it slightly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no, I'll stick with what I was going to do. I was going to do Ravens 27, Bengals 24. So uh, when, uh, when one Connor point said 28, 24, I was like, oh, my gosh, Connor, you took the words out of my mouth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will give my analysis into the game. So, you know, you talked about Baltimore's running, you know, Joe Burrow's looking great. I'm I'm gonna pick the Ravens to win. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 26, 21 Baltimore. I think Justin Tucker, best kicker in the league. You know that's a that's a serious weapon. Like you know we don't talk about like special teams a bunch, but when you have a kicker like him on your team, like it, it's a real weapon. Like I I was seeing a tweet from somebody saying. How many teams would give up their first round pick for Justin Tucker? Like, if you stop I mean, and think about it, like, <laughs> like I think I think there might actually be more than you might think. Like, whatever teams are contenders this year, like some a team like Tampa, for instance, I think Tampa would give up a first round pick for him. Obviously, a team like the Jets and the Jags aren't going to do that, but 
Well, you I know. think it just depends on how good your kicker is, right? Like, I know someone, you know, like the Chiefs wouldn't because, like, Harrison Butker has always been solid. But, I mean, yeah, someone like, you know, um, I don't even know who the Titans have a kicker, but, like, well, I wouldn't call them a contender either, really. But, um, I mean, like, yeah. I could use the Browns as an example. I don't even know who their kicker is. Like, you know, they might do something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, cause we've seen, we've seen, you know, last week was really bad for kickers, too. So it was like, you know, a lot of kickers have been struggling. Um, so that's a weapon that we, a lot of us don't really think about or talk about, but I wanted to bring him up. Justin Tucker will make his field goals and he will be the reason why the Ravens beat the Bengals. Uh, Nate, what about you? Yeah, so um, I think the Ravens will beat the Bengals as well. I don't think, I do think Justin Tucker will be um, a big part of that. I think an even bigger part will be obviously Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't like to be one to buy into like the the player the media is hyping up at the present time, but he is on a roll right now. Um, I think, you know, the way he's passing, rushing the ball, he's really looking the best. I think that he's looked um, in his career. Um, I think that the Bengals um, are turning things around there, but I don't think that um, they've got what it takes to keep up with uh, the offense he's going to put up um, in this game. So I'm going to go with um, not a super high-scoring game, but I, I think it could be um, – go try not to copy – all your guys' scores, but I, I can see 24, Baltimore, 17, uh, Cincinnati. All right, and then, Nate, can you also give us your preview for the last game of the week? Yeah, so this one, um, a little bit interesting. I don't think it's quite um, as great of a matchup as the other two, but it is an interesting, um, possibly the most interesting storyline of the week. Uh, we've got... Um, the Detroit and LA Rams matchup. Um, Jared Goff coming back to LA as a member of the, the Lions, and Matt Stafford's playing his old team as a member of the Rams. Uh, kind of wild how this game was already on the schedule and just worked out that way. Um, I think as far as the actual matchup goes, I would be surprised if it is a close game. Um, I just think that the the Lions have been. Uh, more competitive than I expected them to be this year. Um, but they have dropped uh, some close games uh, versus the Vikings and some other not-so-close losses. So I think the Rams are just overall in better shape right now. Um, that defense, you know, is very strong as always. And Cooper Cup has had a crazy good connection with Jared Goff. He had another, like, two touchdowns today. I think he's um, either leading, leading the league in receiving or he's right up there. Um, I think there's just too many weapons for Detroit to handle on defense. Um, that's never really been their strong suit anyways. And I don't think their offense, um, on the other hand, has enough uh, to really make a dent against this L.A. defense. So um, it be interesting to see the uh, pregame, uh, whatever, response to um, uh, Jared Goff there. But beyond that, I think I'm going to go Rams uh, 30 we go Rams 35, Lions 17. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, easy day for L.A. Eric, uh, what about you? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I forgot I muted myself. I was like, <laughs> oh, you cut me off. I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> my, my bad on the awkward silence there for a second. 
Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think the Rams are going to win this game pretty easily. Obviously, the you know Goff and Stafford both playing for their former teams creates a interesting storyline. But I just don't think it's going to be that interesting of a game. I'm I'm going to go Rams thirty eight, Lions ten, and then I'll go pass the torch over to Zach. All right, thank you for passing the torch. I won't let it down. <laughs> you um, have a talking <laughs> pillow now. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so I was in your corner. <laughs> yeah. uh, see, you guys, you guys are taking this. You guys are looking at this too much on paper. You're looking too much at the stats. You're looking too much at how <laughs> much more talent the Rams have than the Lions. But what you're not taking into mind, <laughs> what you're not taking into mind is that, you know, Matt Stafford, he wanted the trade. He wanted to leave Detroit. He was happy to go to the Rams. Jared Goff feels wronged by the Rams. He's fighting for his life with the Lions right now. He's not won a single game with the Lions. His coach publicly said today he needs to step it up and play better. He's facing enormous pressure. What's going to, you know, his career is on the line. He's playing at the stadium of the team that drafted him, the coach that gave up on him, the coach that, you know, this offseason was like, yeah, he couldn't even do. He he was just making fun of him, basically saying how much better Stafford was than him. The motivation is serious on the Lions. They've they're desperate for when they've been clawing like lions for a win. They had a horrific loss today to the Bengals. They are facing humiliation there. It's everything is going wrong for the Lions. I've got the Rams winning the game, but it's going to be close. <laughs> uh, I was like, this is all going to lead. See, I thought you were going to do something like, you know, bring all that build up and then still say the Rams were going to blow them out. Like, that's what I was waiting for. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be close, but the Rams are going to win this game. 31-30 Rams last second. Matthew Stafford brings them down for a game-winning field goal drive. Rams win 31-30. Uh, Connor, you can you can close us out on this discussion on Rams and Lions. Yeah, no, uh, it's going to be Rams thirty-eight to thirteen. Uh, this game is not even going to be close. <laughs> I was waiting for Connor to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Connor was going to try and copy me. Like here, you see Matt Stafford, the former Lion. He feels wrong by his team. <laughs> People, they gave up on him. And yeah. to the oh, God. He wants to show it to him. <laughs> show what they're missing. Oh, okay. All right. I had to make that kind of entertaining because, I mean, I figured you guys were all going to say what you did. So I was like, let me let me build some, some drama to this matchup. And yeah, but I, 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 I'm honestly, genuine. That, that could go down as a all-time great Clutch Crew Sports segment right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to add that. I think it was like, you know, Zach with the thing and then me just with the, yeah, no, blowout win for the Rams. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be interesting what happens. I'm, I'm definitely going to be tuned in just for the storyline alone. Just to, I mean, if the Rams end up blowing them out, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch well, the hey, game. I, at- I will say that if it is like a close game, then you're going to have something to like, you know, at least come back to the podcast and be like, I told you so. Like, I told you it was going to be yeah. close. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, I might I might go super risky and, and nab the Lions as five point lock board. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, so. you could. You could do that. 
We'll see. We'll see. I did pick the Rams <laughs> to win here, so I'm not, you know, I'm not putting myself that far on an island. But um, I mean, hey, right. some 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 people do that. I mean, I know, uh, kind of pick on Nate here. You know, the fact that he, uh, you know, in, in our weekly picks, he picked the Cowboys to win, but in the lockboard, he took the Patriots. So you know, oh, got to be. There's there's <laughs> always some like you know I've done that a couple times too, where I'm like you know because we the guys the way we do this usually is like. Most of the time we make our picks and then like and then the lock board happens like afterwards. So it's like, you know, you can't help but see, you know, in these games who picks who. But it's like, you know, if you know, there's some strategy in that. Like, you know, I I you know, Nate's New England pick, that was further down his list. It wasn't a top three lock board. Right. Pick then, but it was like, you know, you know, if it happens, it happens, you know. But um, I won't right. be mad, especially <laughs> yeah. for him, you know, being a Patriots fan. It's like, I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's all that makes sense for him there. But all right, guys, going to, speaking about the lock board, let me go ahead and give the standings review to that and tell you guys how the current week did, how the new total standings look. So myself, I was the leader for this week with eight points. So uh, pretty impressive week. From my lockboard picks, getting eight points. Eric, who was in first place heading into the week, has three points from this week. Connor got two points, so he got a two-pointer correct and got two points. Nate managed to get five points. So we all got points this week. So, you know, um, when we go to the table, everybody's got one green at least to talk about. And definitely some major changing with the standings. Um, Everything, you know, it's very tight between all four of us in the standings, Eric remains at the top in first place with 28 points. So Eric's, you know, I don't know how long the streak's been going with Eric in first place, but uh, I think since the start of the season, maybe, actually. yeah, maybe since week one, yeah, it's, so. it's been trending downward though, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying exactly to make yourself confident. feel trying to feel bad for uh, Eric. Don't, don't fall for it guys. He's still in first place. With trust, me, tr- trust me guys. He was talking about how he needed a good week this week. And I was like, you don't need a good week here in first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've scored three points the last two weeks. So I feel like I do. Well, I've only scored, I've only scored two. So and I'm in <laughs> yeah. last place. So um, yeah. pardon me not, for not feeling sympathetic. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I need it more than you. I'm just saying I need it. <laughs> that's all i'm saying <laughs> all right and all of a sudden guys i am creeping up in the standings with eight points this week that moves me from fourth to second so uh i'm in second place with 24 points four behind eric uh nate is in third place now i guess nate's nate technically you know you're staying the same you're you're staying in third place right now nate but you are at 23 points, just one point behind me, five points behind first place and Eric. And then Connor goes from second place to fourth place now after two points this week with a total of 22 points, but only six points behind the leader, Eric, in first place. So that's this is what I mean when the standings are getting tight. Like nobody's out of it. Nobody's run away with it. There's no definitive first or fourth place so far. So. Things are going to get very interesting, yeah. guys. And I about to say, because there was at one point, I think you were like 15 points behind Eric or something yeah, at one point. So it was like, you know, like you said, it definitely has tightened up. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and talk about um, the locks this week. And since Eric had the first pick in our draft, I'll let him talk about the three locks that he ended up with. 
Yeah, so I was uh, very fortunate to have the first pick this week because I took Oklahoma State over Texas. I was very surprised that they were underdogs in that game, being you know ranked 12th, and Texas was barely ranked at 25th. Uh, I was, I guess, Texas was at home, but still, I was very surprised that uh, Oklahoma State was an underdog there, and so I put that as my number one pick and I saw when once everybody had made their picks that Nate and Connor did the same so uh, if I'd put it any lower I wouldn't have gotten it so and if I hadn't been first pick I wouldn't have gotten it so uh, worked out for me to get that one Um, Texas was leading for a while but Oklahoma State came back and got me the dub so that was my only three points Uh, unfortunately uh, I went for my second pick I went with the chargers over the ravens i was debating whether to put them or arizona over cleveland and i'm wishing i had switched it but obviously hindsight's always 2020 because the chargers just got absolutely destroyed by the ravens i i thought that would be a close game at least i thought you know if the chargers weren't going to win that it would come down to the wire or something but man they looked horrible in that game and then i went with more of an aggressive pick for my third pick uh going with tcu over oklahoma uh, I got that wrong. Oklahoma is a team that I feel like is bound to lose at some point. I just can't see them going undefeated. So I, TCU had had a little bit of momentum going. So I thought maybe this would be the week Oklahoma would go down. But Oklahoma, like TCU, I think came back and kind of made it a game, but it still overall wasn't a close game. So uh, not a great week, but I'll take the three points. So you know, like, like Connor said, I mean, I am still in first, so I can't really complain, but uh, going to have to get it together soon because Zach and Nate especially have been creeping up on me. So, uh, Nate, uh, you had the second pick this week, so talk about your games. Yeah, so, I mean, my games, this is probably the best week I've had in a little while. Um, I took Auburn uh, over Arkansas. I just felt that and I was going to hire up picks for sure. I, I just felt that Arkansas was pretty overrated. Um, they put them up in the top 10 a few weeks ago for really no reason. I don't know why they were favorited in this game because they're pretty evenly matched teams. Auburn might even be um, more talent there. So that was one I wanted to get, and it worked out well. So I was happy with that. Um, Arizona over Cleveland was another one where I was very surprised that um, they favored Cleveland, not by a whole lot, obviously, since it's a two-pointer. Um on our board here, but um, just the way the Cardinals have been playing lately and the way that Cleveland's kind of barely been getting by winning games, um, I was surprised that the um, Cardinals were the underdogs. That was an easy win for Arizona today. They blew um, blew them out by a pretty good margin. So um, those are two good points. And then um, my New England pick uh, fell apart in the last few minutes there, just like the actual team did. Um, so I, I lost doubly today. My uh, um, my favorite team lost, and my uh, I lost my perfect uh, lock board for the week. But um, that was a game I felt decently comfortable about. It, about it wasn't one of my um, top picks, but I knew they had a chance at it. So um, tough to have that one go away, but I'm happy to just get some points on the board after the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'll pass it over to Connor here, let him talk about his week. Yeah. So unfortunately, I. Uh especially after last week when we had the three zeros, you know, I was the one that got stuck with the third pick, unfortunately. Um, so I 
I realized that I really wanted, I mean, like Eric alluded to, I really wanted that Oklahoma State over Texas game. Um, but I kind of figured that one wouldn't fall to me when I saw it was like, you know, a higher ranked team that was an underdog. Um, so fortunately, I didn't get that. So I ended up going with, I was, when I was at this pick, like to put my like high five pointer on the list, I was kind of, I was between this game and LSU over Florida. Um, I really wish I would have done the LSU over Florida, but instead I went with San Jose State over San Diego State. Um, San Jose State had kind of had their number recently, so I figured, you know, um, they would have had a good shot at and they were at home. So um, I thought, you know, if I can get like a good five points here, that'd be great. And it was a pretty ugly game. Um, I didn't watch any of it, but from what Eric was saying, it was one of those games where like looked like neither team really wanted to win. Um, like neither team was really trying on offense at all. And unfortunately, it did go to overtime. So I had another overtime, uh, unfortunate bad beat there. And I think San Jose State threw an interception and then San Diego State went and got a touchdown um, to seal it in overtime. So then after so I didn't get that. Then after that, with my next pick, I thought, well, you know, I was kind of joking about this on previous podcasts. If there was a way that I could go back to picking BYU because they had gotten me like eight points the first two weeks of the of the lock board. And uh, I had my chance this week. I saw, like, all right, let me go back to old faithful BYU over Baylor. Uh, unfortunately, Baylor pretty much destroyed them. Uh, so that wasn't a very good look. But I did manage to avoid going back to back zeros here. Um, I took the Jaguars over the Dolphins, which I know, obviously, as we alluded to earlier, Zach and Eric were, was very happy about. Um, so that at least got me some points to keep me, you know, in a relevant spot here in the standings. So, um, and, you know, at least I can look forward to once again, having the number one pick next week. So um, I'll let Zach talk about his picks now. Yeah. So with my first pick, I picked the Raiders to beat the Broncos in the NFL. It was a three pointer. And I, I thought, you know, already I, I figured the Raiders, I think are a better team than Denver. And also too, it, it seems to be a common, common trend um across the nfl for the last couple of years it's like whenever a coach gets fired mid-season that very next week the the first week with the interim they always seem to do really good like they either win or come really close and it doesn't even matter the team or who they're playing it seems like it, typically the rest of the season goes bad for the interim coach but that first week that they're there the first week after that old coach gets fired because usually the coach getting fired you know he's getting fired because He's just lack, you know, the team's just not responding. They're just not, you know, they're in a bad place. And then it's a big change. You, oh, you got a new coach. There's new energy. There's new blood in the team. And so that was my reasoning for for Vegas. You know, nothing, it, I, this has nothing to do with them the rest of the season. I just thought immediately after Gruden got fired, they've got a good chance to win their next game. And they did. Second pick um, went a little, definitely went a little riskier on this one, picking the Lions to upset the Bengals as a three-pointer game. It was one where I thought, you know, maybe Cincinnati is being a little bit overrated and maybe Detroit's being a little bit underrated because of all those close, like those epically long field goals that the Lions have been losing to. I'm like, the Bengals kicker hasn't been great this year, so maybe... Maybe the Lions, you know, if they're in a close game, maybe the Bengals guy will miss the field goal or, you know, something will finally go right for the Lions. But that one, you know, that didn't give me any stress watching the game. Like, oh, maybe, you know, I knew right away, basically. There was no shot for the Lions to win that. So 
that spoiled my perfect week on the lock board, but I, you know, I can't complain because my round three pick Purdue over Iowa as a five pointer, I got this one right. And uh, it, I'll be honest, it was one that I wasn't, you know, in I wasn't super thrilled with getting. Um, obviously, it was in my top three, so like, you know, I put it there for a reason. But I was like, uh, the, I was, I was having second thoughts about this. I was like, maybe I went a little risky because I was in last place and I need the points, but. Uh, turns out that it was a great pick. You know, I my reasoning for for having it was just Iowa being overrated. I thought like some I saw that they'd moved up to number two in the country in the standings, and I'm like, there's no way they're the second best team in the country. So I was like, I'm not buying that. And I figured like you know Purdue Purdue looks like a team that could give them a, a close game. And I didn't know how it would turn out. I thought it'd be a close game. Purdue just stomped them, though. Like, it, it wasn't even close for them. So, happy for Purdue. They they got a big upset win for their team, beating number two Iowa. And Iowa comes back down to reality, I think. But that's how the lock forward went this <laughs> well, week. Well, they fell to number 11, so I think that's yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that covers the lock forward for this week. Next week's draft order is going to be Connor drafting first, Eric drafting second, Nate drafting third, and I'm drafting fourth again. So it got me eight points last week. So um, actually my top three picks I got. So that, you know, worked out for me that it didn't matter that I was going to draft in at fourth. I got actually my top three picks. So we'll see what happens, though. This next week of Lockboard, guys, we'll also have the we'll also have NBA games featured as well because we are throwing the NBA into the mix. So. This will be the first time that NBA games get picked, and I'm already thinking Eric might be picking some based on comments he made to me earlier about being sick of college football picks. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's go yeah. ahead. Yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and give an update on the fantasy football league that we are in with the podcasters. So, Connor, uh, you're back for this episode. I'll let you kind of review the the week and tell everybody what happened. Yeah, well, I uh, wish that I was back doing this on a more a better week for us, at least as a podcast, because unfortunately, um, we kind of uh, wet the bed with our team this week, at least our team did, because honestly, I mean, some of these things I did not expect. I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson, despite the fact that they crushed the Chargers, like only had 13.7 points, um, you know, so that was... You know, I maybe I thought that like uh, I would have in any other scenario probably put Matthew Stafford in playing the Giants, but like I mean we still wouldn't have won. But you know, I thought at least like the role that Lamar had been on, I thought oh well, you know that's probably what we should do. So that didn't work out. Chase Edmonds, he was more so in there just because like we were getting low on running backs because Kamara was on by. Um, so I threw him in there and. He was kind of like he had an injury coming into the week. And I think what happened was like they he had a big 40 yard run early. So he had nine points. But I think for the second half, they just didn't play him at all because like they were winning big. So they didn't feel the need in risking him. Um, Austin Eckler severely disappointed. Nine points was like the second highest fantasy running back coming into this week behind Derrick Henry. So that was unfortunate. Justin Jefferson, only 11, like. You know, just everyone underperformed on the team. Kelsey even underperformed with only 18. So I don't think we had a single person besides Marvin Jones, of all players, actually outdo their projection. Um, 
so unfortunately, we're going to end up two and four against we played the unexpected. And also, if any of you guys in this podcast league are listening to this, like I'm not giving any of y'all shout outs anymore because I, you know, the three weeks in a row that we lost, I followed the rule and gave the other podcast a shout out on Twitter. But then the two weeks that we won, no one gave us a shout out. So I ain't giving any more shout outs if any of y'all are listening to this unless until you start doing it. So. Ram, ram, ram. <laughs> <My>, mic drop. <laughs> well said. Yeah, man, we gotta we gotta defend ourselves here. It can't get can't get screwed over by these guys. And you know, we wanna win these weeks and we wanna get the shout outs and that's the whole point is to, you know, try and bring bring our audiences together through to talking about it maybe uh, you know, not not everybody's gonna be sports podcasts, but at least on Twitter, you know, or followings and stuff and like hey look at this people you know look at this podcast a bunch of us do a lot of different things and you know come on guys not cool uh, <laughs> be sure to mention that next year if anyone wants us to rejoin this league be like hey yeah. boy are you all actually gonna follow the rule this time like <laughs> yeah that was yeah this you know well anyways um we'll go <laughs> sorry um, we're going to end the show with around the hoops. So uh, for obvious reasons, you know, the NBA season starting up this week, you know, before the season annual tradition to give our predict our predictions on how, how the standings go and the playoffs and stuff like that. We do this every year. Um, so we're going to talk about Eastern conference finals, Western conference finals and league wide MVP picks. So, um, you know, we're recording this as the Steelers are playing live. So, Connor, why don't you go ahead first um, and make your picks? Yeah, so um, it kind of looks familiar, unfortunately, for uh, some of us here. I know literally three of these teams that I have in these predictions were in my predictions last year. Um, So basically, for the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll start with that. I have the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks against the Brooklyn Nets, and I am going to go ahead and go with the Milwaukee Bucks in this one, just because, I mean, we talked to, I know um, Zach and Eric talked about this last week when they were doing the top 10 most interesting teams, but the whole Kyrie Irving situation, I feel like is just really going to hurt the Nets. Like, cause obviously Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant and James Harden's a nice compliment to him. Um, even though, you know, all of us on the podcast agree that he's overrated, but you know, he's still a, a pretty, you know, he can still can put up a lot of points. So um, he's there. And also, you know, they're bringing back a lot of the pieces from last year. It's just the Kyrie Irving thing to me is really going to hurt them is really going to like, you know, especially if I mean, who knows how long it's going to last because, you know, right now he's just not going to play at all. Like they've shut him down for the whole season until he gets vaccinated. And, you know, if I know anything about some of these people that are like, you know, anti-vaccine, like then it's going to take a long time to convince him otherwise. So I mean, we'll see. Maybe losing some of that money will get him to, you know, get the vaccine. But he's a very strange player, as Zach and Eric also alluded to, you know, with the whole he had the whole flat earth thing going on there. So who knows? But I'm going to give it to the Bucks. I think Giannis, you know, he really I think he finally just got over the hump is what happened. Like, you know, he finally had a good performance in the playoffs. I mean, especially in that, you know, the game clenching in game six of the finals with, you know, 50 points and he was something ridiculous like 17 of 19 on his free throws which is unheard of for him so I think the Bucks are going to continue that momentum and you know they're bringing pretty much bringing back everyone too like Bobby Portis is back Chris Middleton's still there um 
you know, DiVincenzo is going to be coming back from injury. So um, it's the same team and it's hard to bet against the defending champs. Like there's not really a, you know, in the NFL, we always talk about Super Bowl hangovers, uh, but I don't really feel like there's a Super uh, NBA Finals hangover. So I'm going to give it to the Bucks here in this one. Um, was I going to talk about my Western Conference Finals too, or are we just doing East right now? Yeah, no, you can you can go ahead and do do your West uh, Finals MVP. You can get you can do it all if you want. If okay, well, need some I mean, water or something. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll just go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, I can go ahead and do that too. So we we can each do that. Um, but yeah, so for the West. I have the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, even though the Lakers, I think it's an, I really had a hard time trying to figure out, like I knew in my mind that I wanted Denver in this spot um, just because I think, you know, especially with Jamal Murray coming back, um, there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, the Nikola Jokic was the MVP last year. This team looks like it can do a lot of damage with Murray coming back. Um, but the other team I really struggled to think about, I was like, well, I don't think I want to put Dallas again just because like, you know, I picked them last year and they really let me down. Um, you know, I don't want to pick someone like, um, like I don't want to pick Utah cause they really let me down too. And I also considered Phoenix as well, but Phoenix, I think they're going to take a step back this year. Um, we're not going to cover this, but like we did our individual, we did our division predictions and I actually had them finishing third in the Pacific. So I think they're going to regress. Um, so it brought me back to the Lakers uh, once again. And, you know, if all goes thing for them is that if they stay healthy, then I think this team can do good things. Like, I don't think that they're um, any sort of like super elite team or anything, but I think they can at least, get the job done with LeBron, especially if Anthony Davis stays healthy. I think that's the main key. Like if Anthony Davis goes down again, then I think they're screwed. Um, Cause LeBron and Russ is not a good combo, but if Anthony Davis stays healthy I, and everything, you know, goes the way it should for them, then I see them winning this Western conference finals over the Nuggets, just because I feel like while the, the West, I think definitely still has like better teams. I don't know if it's really, in my opinion, as stacked as it, you know, has been in the past. And I think it might be a little bit easier of a path for the Lakers this year than it has been in previous seasons. So that's my predictions for Eastern and Western conference finals. Uh, I guess I'll let Zach do his now. All right. Sure. Um, so, you know, this not a lot of diversity with our picks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me go back here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nets and Bucks is what I've got in the East. I've got the Bucks winning. I would have had the Nets winning before we knew that Kyrie, like, was straight up denied from the team until he's vaccinated. <laughs> so I've got the Bucks. I mean, they're just too good. They didn't really lose anybody. This team's, you know, you know, Connor just he said all the great things about the Bucks. Like, if the Bucks, you know, have a collapse, it'd be a surprise to me. They should definitely be back in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, considering how the East is. And then the Nets. The reason I have them making it is just purely Kevin Durant. I mean, I think he's so good that, you know, he's just going to carry this team on his back pretty much. Um, you know, they have Harden and stuff, but, you know, he's not super reliable at times. And 
I'm not a big fan of him, obviously, like we all oh, just, aren't. But... Just ask, just ask <laughs> Bulls got next. He's the best player in the league, dude. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and then in the West, I wanted really badly to, you know, to to pick a team like Utah, Portland, like one of these teams to go with to the Western Conference Finals. But I went with Nuggets and Suns, no Lakers in my pick, just because I... I just think it's the season's going to go really bad for the Lakers. I think the, you know, LeBron, he's older. He's more likely to get hurt. Anthony Davis is always hurt. Westbrook is always hurt too, it seems like. And I just don't like that pairing between him and LeBron. I I just, I think it's going to go epically wrong. And I don't, I don't even think they're going to make the Western conference finals. Like the West is too good. We saw, we saw it last year. Like they lost the Suns in the first round. Like, you know, even though they're the Lakers, you know, they, they could lose to a team like the Suns or the Trailblazers or, you know, the Mavericks or even the Clippers maybe or the Warriors. Like, there's so many teams that could beat the Lakers, I think. I just don't think they make it back. I think there's too many. Yeah, they have, you know, a lot of great players and stuff, but I just think the chemistry there is not going to go well. I think there's going to be injuries, problems with them. So I'm I'm staying away from the Lakers, but... The Nuggets, I think Jamal Murray coming back for them. If they'd have had him in last year's playoffs, I think it would have been totally different for them. And it's not the offense that's the problem with the Nuggets. It's always been the defense. I think they're going to get their defensive problems fixed enough, at least, to get them to the NBA Finals. Jokic is one of my favorite players. He's always, you know, super talented. I think this is finally the year, like, you know, he was the MVP last year, but I think Jokic is going to carry this team. I think Murray coming back. I think, you know, the Nuggets have stayed mostly intact as well as a team. I think they're they're just, every time I watch the Nuggets, it's just impressive to me, like how many ways they can beat you. Um, do I want them to win? No, not necessarily, but I think they'll make it there. And then I've got them losing to the Phoenix Suns. Um the Suns are tricky to predict for sure, but I just think Devin Booker is so good that, like, you know, based especially with him and Aiton, like Aiton stepped up big. They had all those contributors stepping up for them in the playoffs. They just ran into a better Milwaukee team. But as far as the rest of the West goes, like, I definitely think times are changing and the Suns are going to be, I think, you know, a threat. Yeah, I don't think Chris Paul is going to be as good as he was, so I don't think you know, they're going to get over the top and, and beat Denver. I think this is where they lose. Like Chris Paul always loses in the conference finals, um, <laughs> except for last year when he made it. So wouldn't be anything too surprising to see the Suns back here and lose it again. Um, Eric, what about you with your Eastern and Western conference picks? Yeah. So since we all have bucks and nets with the bucks winning, I'm not going to say too much there, but the, the only other reason why I picked them other than the reasons you guys gave is I'm, I'm sure Kyrie's going to get vaccinated and come back at some point. I can't really imagine that he's going to sit out the whole season and going off of talent, I would have picked the nets, but the reason why I'm the other reason why I'm picking the bucks uh, is just because the nets are injury prone. I mean, KD seems to get hurt a lot. Uh, James Harden seems to get hurt a lot. Kyrie, when he plays, he seems to get hurt a lot. And I just can't trust that even if Kyrie comes back, 
you know, gets vaccinated, comes back. I can't trust that all three of those guys are going to stay healthy. And we saw, you know, what happened when, you know, the Bucks played them when the Nets were not fully healthy. And I just, I have a feeling that that's going to be the case again. I feel like at least one of their stars is going to be hurt come playoff time or get hurt at some point during the playoffs. And Milwaukee's going to get past them again. Um, I did consider Philadelphia if they could have moved on from Ben Simmons, but I just think that there's just too much drama going on there right now. And so I just, I don't like Philly's chances. So I've got the Bucks. Uh, for the West, I've also got the same as Connor with the Lakers Nuggets. The Western Conference is really tricky because, you know, Zach was just talking about how, you know, great all of these Western Conference teams can be and stuff like that. But the problem is, is it's like, which Western Conference team is going to step up? Because when you look at all these teams on paper, you, know, you you look at ways where you can see, man, this team could possibly make it to the Western Conference Finals. And you can say that about a lot of the teams. But you can also look at all these teams and see, well, this is why they're not going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. You know, like the Nuggets, like Zach talked about, they've always had issues on defense. Portland Trailblazers, same thing. They struggle on defense. With the Lakers, you know, some of their stars have been more injury prone. You know, the Clippers, they load manage all the time. And it seems like the chemistry is not there. You know, with the Suns, like, they made it last year, but they beat a bunch of banged up teams, you know, to get there. So, like, are they really that good? You know, there's so many question marks. It's just so hard to predict what's going to happen and I just think the later the Lakers just have too much veteran experience on this team like I do wonder how they're going to do with like all of these older guys which was the reason why I voted them as the most interesting team for last week but I just think the Lakers as a team are too good to not get to the Western Conference Finals even if you know maybe if AD and LeBron are like both you know, not 100% going to playoffs like they were last year, then maybe they won't. But, like, otherwise, I just don't see a way they don't get there. Now, I, I'm going to – I hope I'm wrong on this. I hope Zach is <laughs> me, me and you, Me and you too, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want the Lakers getting in the finals yeah. again. I don't want LeBron in the finals for the 100th time. Like, I, I just don't want that. But I just don't see any way that it doesn't happen, like, barring injury. So that that's why I got – I just think the Lakers overall have the best team in the West. But I don't think they're going to beat the Bucks. I've got the Bucks winning in the finals. Um, Giannis has just been playing too good, like, barring a setback from him or something. The Their, their supporting cast, like, really proved me wrong. I was – really worried about them last year in the finals with especially with DiVincenzo out it just seemed like they really had a lack of perimeter shooting and it it almost feels like in today's NBA you have to at least be a decent three-point shooting team to win but they won with their you know with their driving to the paint and forcing fouls and you know their defense was got really hot at times and it was enough to win and so I feel like they can do it again you know, like Zach said, it's hard to pick against the defending champs, especially when they retain their whole team pretty much. I think PJ Tucker, who's a good defender. What Eric PJ Tucker's gone? How can you like yeah. discount that? I mean, he played some good defense at times. I can give him credit for that. Obviously, like most of the games he had zero points, but 
you know, he played some decent defense at times, you know, so I, but it's still, that's not a, that's not a significant enough of a loss where it's like, oh, no, the Bucks aren't going to make it oh, out. All, but, but Eric, like PJ, PJ Tucker, he, he got a ring before Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Chris Paul. Well, and obviously don't forget that he can hit the corn three pointer. The Bucks didn't <laughs> utilize that enough, but yeah, no, I, Obviously, that's not a significant enough of a loss. You know, it's not like Chris Middleton left or Drew Holiday left or somebody like that. Like, they've got all their core pieces, and I just think the Bucks. Uh, I think they're going to have what it takes to win it all again. And even though like you don't really like to see teams win back to back, unless it's like your favorite team, like I'd much rather still see the Bucks get it than the Lakers. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've also, I mean, like. This is where it gets to the point where it's like, you know, we, we don't want to be saying the same things and repeating ourselves. I've also got the Bucks winning the NBA championship. Um, it's rare. Uh, you know, I you wouldn't I, I didn't want to do it. I, I really wanted to pick someone else. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can't deny how good Giannis is. And like, it, it's just hard for me to pick against the bucks to to repeat uh connor uh, you also have the bucks repeating as well against the lakers yeah i mean i think it really is just like you know if we didn't have all these question marks with the lakers and the nets then i mean especially with the nets like i think i would have done what you did last year and picked the nets to win this time over the lakers but Really, it's just there's too many questions with them. And, I'm, you know, like Eric was alluding to with the Lakers, like it's a lot of older players and, you know, they're bound to at some point get hurt. And, you know, it really things like this happen at the end of the season after a long, grueling season. You know, you make it to the finals finally and then your body just gives out. So, um, you know, I think, and, you know, I'll be happy if the Bucks win again because, you know, I'm making that money from Giannis. I'm still his agent. So, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be happy about that. But yeah, I'm going with the Bucks as well. And I mean, I'm kind of the same as um, Zach. Like, I didn't want to do this necessarily, but it's like I felt like I had to. Otherwise, I was just going to do something wild that probably wouldn't have happened. Like uh, maybe something like Hawks and uh, Warriors finals <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> well, you know, I am known for picking Atlanta teams to do good stuff. So um you know, sometimes it works out and like the Hawks last year in that series. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Like when I picked the Falcons two yeah. seasons ago to win the Super Bowl. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you stay away from the preseason predictions on Atlanta teams and just stick yeah. to the playoffs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go ahead real quickly and round out the NBA talk with talking about our MVP picks. So um, like I kind of said earlier, like it, Eric raised a good point and it's, it's really scary uh, with his injury history, but KD is going to be my MVP pick. I think it's a great time for him to be the MVP with Kyrie being out of the lineup for Brooklyn. You know, so you don't have that, you know, counter argument for you where it's like, hey, you're playing with two superstars. Like most of these, most all of these players are playing with another superstar on their team. Like most all these good players are. So it's like, okay, you have Harden, who's really good, but. I mean, we saw in the playoffs, like, KD carried them in the playoffs. He was, without a doubt, their MVP. He was, you know... I mean, he carried the U.S. national team, too, in yeah. the Olympics. Like, um, in, I, I don't expect him to be any worse than he was last year. I think, you know, it's it's his second year on the team now because the first year he was with them, he was hurt. He never played, so he's got a little bit of more familiarity with Steve Nash, the whole Brooklyn team. 
So I I just think I just think it's you know he's only won one MVP in his career, uh, considering how good he is. That's a little surprising. You would have thought maybe he would have won another one, but um, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the award this year. I think you know I think it's gonna buck the trend a little bit. Um, all these young you know young players you know getting the MVPs in all these sports leagues. I think you know now. I, I think I think it's time that we see like a guy like you know Kevin Durant win the MVP. So he's going to be my preseason prediction for MVP. Eric, what about you? Who are you taking to win MVP? I'm going with the stat man, Luka Doncic. <laughs> Same as last year, if I'm not. If I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure I correct. picked. Yeah, Luka last year just got off to a really slow start, and that definitely hurt him and his bid, but. I I just feel like this is his year. Like he you know, he was really he was putting up good numbers as a rookie and then as you know, like next couple seasons and everything, like still really young, but um I think he's figured out his game now and I think he's gonna start I think he's gonna start going off. And he's obviously clearly the star of the team. I mean, obviously they still have Porzingis and everything, but he's shown to be inconsistent and injury prone and so I, I think it's gonna be up to Luca to really carry this team to a lot of victories. If they're gonna get him, it's gonna be on his shoulders. And I for, it seems like a lot of times in these last few years, they really seem to like to give the MVP to players that have the best stat lines. And I know there's other things that go into it you know, like the team record overall, like how much did it mean for the win? You know, did it really help your team and, you know, things like that. But if the Mavericks can do better than last year, because I think I know the last couple of years they've been in that like seven seed range or something like that. But if you can get them up to, you know, maybe like a three seed or something and he has an amazing stat line the whole way, I don't see how he wouldn't get it at that point. So he uh, he gets my favorite thing in the NBA, man. He gets those triple doubles. <laughs> well, hey, you know he's going to be helped out in that category too, because you know LeBron and Russ are going to be fighting over those in LA. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I guess the other reason too, just compared to a lot of superstars, like like I think I do like Connor's pick, but I mean KD with the which KD is obviously one of the best players in the whole league, but he is injury prone, and that scared me from him. You know, Kawhi load manages. AD gets hurt all the time. LeBron's well. Kawhi is not going to be playing next year, so he's you know. Oh well, yeah, he's injured. Duh, that's right. Yeah, see, it's been a while since we talked about the NBA. Obviously, I yeah, uh, yeah, forgot about that. But uh, you know, excluding him, I mean, you know, James Harden seems to get hurt all the time. Like a lot of these big name stars just tend to get hurt a lot. And Giannis, uh, you know, he won it back to back not too long ago. So I don't, I mean, unless he does just absolutely beast, I don't see him getting it again. And Jokic got it last year. I don't see him getting it again. Like, so I feel like Luca has a good opportunity here. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been getting the the MVPs, right. has not been my strong suit and basketball predictions, but we'll see if I get it right this time. But Connor, tell us about your pick. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, speaking of Atlanta things and me being connected, I am actually, this probably might be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go with Trey Young as being the MVP this year. Um, I know, like, I definitely considered Kevin Durant. He was probably my second pick um, for MVP, but, you know, I did pick him last year and all that stuff with him getting injured and whatnot happened, so... Um, that didn't work out. I also, if I had to take, you know, I considered Giannis as well, like Eric said, but given that he won it back to back, it would be, he'd have to do something pretty extraordinary. Um, I know we talked about this last year too, when like none of us picked him, we're like, he'd have to do something pretty off the charts for him to be able to win it again. Um, especially this recently after his back to back MVPs. And then, um, with Doncic, I don't know. I just feel like Every year, like, I know he gets the triple doubles and everything, but I don't know. I feel like this has been a trend that's been going on for a couple of years now where everyone thinks that, like, it's finally going to be his time to, like, you know, bring the Mavericks to success, and it just keeps not happening. So um, I don't trust him at all. But with Trey Young, I think he benefits definitely from the mantra of not having playing next to another superstar. Like, the next best player on the Hawks is probably John Collins, which, like, he's obviously very good, but no one would consider John Collins a superstar. Um, You know, and then there's Clint Capella and some of the other younger pieces the Hawks have. It's still a very young team. None of these guys are big-time players yet. And Trey Young, we saw it towards the end of last season and into the playoffs last season that he was the guy. And, I mean, I have no doubt that, if Trey Young had gone down, then this team was going to lose all the rest of their games, um, which, I mean, it, it kind of showed a little bit that game that he didn't play. Like, the Bucks really kind of manhandled them um, in that game. So, Trey Young's a big part of this team, and honestly, I'm expecting, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, I don't know where you guys are thinking the Hawks are going to finish overall, but I know all of us have the Hawks winning the Southeast this year. Um, I'm expecting a really really good season out of them. I don't think last season was a fluke. You know, they've only now they've had time. The players are still young and getting time to develop. So, um, and he's going to be the focal point of that. And I think, you know, NBA MVP voters, they like stats, but they also like storylines. And I think this would be a really good storyline if the Hawks can somehow come out and, you know, be up there fighting with like the Bucks and the Nets and, um, potentially maybe someone like Philadelphia for those top seeds in the East. And I think they can definitely do it. So, um, and no doubt in my mind that Trey Young's going to be the one um, leading that charge. So I'm going to take Trey Young for MVP. We'll see how it goes, but I think he's got a really good shot at it. If he can, uh, if the Hawks can have a lot of success. Alrighty guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for tuning in, listening and watching to this. Um, Covered a lot of stuff in this episode, NBA, NFL. If you're a fan of the Lockboard, I bet that's entertaining every week to hear how, how those stories go and our reasoning behind those picks. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, and until next time, until next time, guys, remember, be clutch. Bye. See ya. Peace.